surface all right it's time for another root issues podcast and i'm chris and i'm here in the booth today with Alyssa. hello steve here there we go here we're taking roll call and luke and super dave and super dave so you might hear a little bit of Maybe a little crying from a baby, but that's all good because we're all family. Next generation. Wow, 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 wow. That's all I can say. I'm just coming off of Man Camp Weekend and Father-Son Weekend that Crossroads Church has been doing. This was our 10th year. And then so I had to tune in on the backup of the YouTube on this series, but I wish I had been in the audience to feel the energy. Steve is taking us into a new series called Lessons from the Kings. Understanding freedom and our responsibility, and wow, we're going into some deep water. But I think we've like we've been powwowing here. We've got a bunch of questions for you, a bunch of ways to help you connect. Because even as I was listening to it, I was just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I need more time to think. I need more time to process. But today, we're going to be jumping into this one big question: Who is king? And we're going to be digging in and jumping in from First Samuel one through 16 but steve has like man he's done due diligence here this all is connected through the entire bible like he dropped a bomb early on in the message that i was like okay that's it for me brain melted that answers so many questions for me and when i look at like what's going on in the world and what's going on in government and so we're going to jump in let's do it Steve, what, what inspired you for this message? Was yeah. it because yeah. you know the daily audio Bible obviously cover is covering a lot of this. Is that kind of the kick? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's awesome just how that worked. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't planning, uh, you know this this. I was kind of diving into this actually earlier yeah. in the year, just okay. thinking about it. Um, but um, yeah, I was just reading just in my own time through the King Samuel Kings and, um, and Chronicles. And just saw in there, God just kept showing these larger themes, right, of things that just repeated, not only in Israel to show the church what not to do, but also for the whole world, right, to these cycles. And we yeah. just keep repeating these cycles. Mm-hmm. God keeps loudly, megaphone, over throughout history. Here, follow my word. Here's the way. And we keep just, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Keep doing what we do. And God, and, what, and again, just the amazing grace and patience of God, right, throughout time. And even now, because he desires all to come to know him people from all nations right uh to know him so uh yeah so we're just diving in going to journey take some big swaths of history look pull out some principles hopefully that will help us as individuals and uh, also as the church and the connection from that back to the old testament back to israel uh, along this journey and hopefully can speak into our culture um obviously uh, all the issues right there going on nothing new under the sun that's that's the thing it has all been here it's all already happened um god has given us pretty clear instructions what here is how he wants to bless his people be with his people and he's given us right the uh the way the truth and the life, obviously through Jesus and the gospel um, for this. And it's up to the church, right, to represent his kingdom here yeah. for that. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, no, nothing new under the sun definitely rings true. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think it's like when we boil it back down to the heart, um, I had someone call me this month or this week, and they want people, you know, around this area to do like political videos for certain agendas and I was just talk, like, listening to her, and I'm like, the thing that just kept ringing through my head is that, that it's not in the policy that it's going to change yeah. the problem. It's in it's in the heart. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think, you know, kings, it just always goes back to the to the heart of the king is what kind of drives the entire nation um, yeah. to where they're going. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, yeah, so it's a heart problem. Yeah, sure. and so I think root. as we talked maybe even last week, it's that, you know, head, heart, hand, or yes. whatever is that, I mean, or heart, head, whatever. Oh, it's head, um, heart, to the hand. Yeah. <laughs> and, head uh, to the heart, to the hand. <clears throat> I, I, you know, look, we... we it shouldn't be an either or, right? We need right. to be involved. But the problem is, unless the church gets the priority right, is for us to be the people of God, representing the kingdom of God with our hearts right before God, and Jesus reigning as king in his church, in the hearts of his people, we're not going to be effective out there, right, engaging in a healthy way, powerful way, right, when it comes to the issues um, out there. And we're going to get into that water in this series in the sense of uh, the best way to get involved out there, yeah. you know, in politics. Because uh, yeah. we need to, everything, for a believer, uh, the, our faith should inform everything. But what's the healthy way, obviously, yeah. to do that? And so let's just jump in because your first question was who is king and I had like two sub questions that I was asking myself back as I was journaling along. I just, you know, had to ask myself, you know, is Jesus the king of my life? And then you hit this next question, like, do we see Jesus as the king of his church? You know, and so you're looking at that upper head of authority, like who is the first and the final as far as decisions being made and such. And I would say, like, you know, I know the heart of our leadership team here. I know the heart of Crossroads has always been, you know, to seek God's will for what is our placement here in Aspen, Colorado. And so, you know, so then it kind of drove back to me, like, you know, like, wow, like, is Jesus the king of my heart, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, okay, like, okay, you cut some corner there, you cut a little red tape there, you, you, you shaved off here, and so I'm like, okay, so yeah, so obviously I have some heart work to do in that, mm-hmm. and so I would love to hear from the others, like, you know, when you think about, like, you know, king of your heart, like the guide, the counsel, the comfort, you know, and I mean, even at man camp, we talked about nobility, which is like a king word, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not a word that we really use so much. We've got the upper class, the middle class, and the lower class, but you know, nobility, not taking it just in the sense of financial gain, but nobility and how does one live in character mm-hmm. and such. And so we get into these words like king, we're all like, king, we got a president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we ain't got no king, yeah. no bloodline. Yeah, and, and just to go a little deeper, we didn't yeah. even do it on a Sunday, but right, if, until the church sees, until believers followers of Christ see Jesus as king in their life and in the church, mm-hmm. they're not going to lay hold of the, all the promises to reign and rule with him. We yes. will not know how to right. reign and rule with God in the church, in the world, until we see him, obviously, as the it's one king. who reigns and kings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it comes back to like seeing yourself as a child of God, like, yes. like when you're broken or downtrodden, reach up, adjust your crown, mm-hmm. because he's crowned you, you know, in yeah. his glory. And um, I think that's a confidence thing. Like, if you believe that, you're going to have confidence in it, and then you're going to act with authority Mm -hmm. in making choices. Yeah. yeah. But I liked the point of, uh, like, the world is looking for a king. Mm -hmm. I think um, kids especially are super searching for somebody to be the ultimate authority. And if their parents aren't filling that role, which a lot of parents are dropping the ball— you know, in setting expectations and disciplining, um, well, in a Christian, yeah. you know, godly way, because God has a perfect example for that. Absolutely. Um, and I think 
yeah, if you set that with your own children, even as Christians, mm-hmm. that God is their ultimate authority, not yeah. me, not your dad. It's, you know, pleasing to your heavenly father. That's a really important point yeah. to get clear. No, I mean, I think that language has been lost on us. You know, I love mm-hmm. your comment of adjust your crown because, I mean, so much of the uh, attack from the culture, attack from the enemy is on identity. Mm-hmm. Us forgetting who God is saying we are as yeah. his children and then moving in that authority. And so when you adjust that crown, you're like, no, I'm a child of God. I am not permitted to behave this way this is not my action you know and i even caught my sweet wife like you know guiding one of our children through a rough time saying like you need to realize that this behavior right now this isn't what would please your heavenly father god you know and so like how do we make that adjustment Absolutely. That's the thing that kind of has been in my racking my brain because you read the story right where Samuel's talking to the people like we want a king. I'm like, why would you want a king? Like, you have this you guy Samuel God. talking to God and you're getting direct directions, right? And I think it's what you said, Chris. It's the the search for identity because what we follow ultimately is what our identity is. Yes. And so it's and then you keep reading a little bit and it's like and you figure out everyone else around them had a king right everybody else had and a they king. they weren't secure in their identity in Christ because everyone else around them had a different yeah. identity in that sense and so it's a, it's like this pursuit for identity in a way yeah um just wanting something to follow which yes. i mean when i think about it just off the top of my head I'm like i don't want to follow anything like i just want to be a free bird right <laughs> but then you free think bird. about it think about it more and more and like well no yeah. that that wouldn't be uh, a very i guess i don't know well, it's great. Way to live. It's great until it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's great. There's nothing to fall back on. Yeah, it's until you're until like, wait, not. this is a really tough situation. Yeah, I wish someone would tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, no, and I mean, you know, and we've seen that like in culture over the years, like you know, cults win their followers because we as people really do just want to be told what to do. Yeah. You know, and then so even in the spirit of religion, like we'll do the list, say the prayers, you know, give the proper offering. We're doing that, but yet when you have a king. You have a relationship. You have trust in one person to govern and govern sovereignly. Mm. And so then there's like, I'm following him, you know. And it's not even to pass the blame, like, well, I'm following him, and he marched us off the cliff, but I didn't take that last step. You know, well, then you weren't really following him, (laughs) you know. And so let's jump into lesson one. I loved how you broke it down. I love that terminology. Like, okay, so I hope you keep that up through the series, like, you know, because, you know, I can center in. But so lesson one in this message, Steve was jumping in. He says, God in his divine tolerance uses Israel's sin of rejecting him as king to prepare the way for the redemption through King Jesus, who is head of the church today, representing his kingdom on earth until he unites all things in heaven and earth together at his return. I had to shout an amen. No one heard me in the basement. But when you read that slide and went through that, I was like, amen. That kind of summarizes God's purpose, right? Yeah. Genesis to Revelation. All the way right? from the beginning to the so end. That's so important, though, to go back to the Old Testament. Amen, yeah. You know, I think um, until I started doing the Daily Audio Bible like three years ago, there were so many stories that I had never heard, um, <laughs> it, which is it's like true. terrible. But I think in this new age Christianity, we just focus on Jesus and his yeah. works. But it's very hope giving to realize like it is a cycle. People yeah, yeah. have been through this before. God, you know, rescued them through it until ultimately he sent a son. Mm. Um, 
Absolutely. So yeah, I like that we've gone back to the Old Testament yeah. for a bit to because there are a lot of lessons to yeah. be learned. Yeah, and I think it just shows, right? I, I tried to make the point. I, I maybe should have spent more time. Just that when people, you know, people come like, "Wow, what about all this junk I read about in the Old Testament?" Yeah. You know, the yeah. polygamy and the, how could David be righteous with you know with Bathsheba? Yeah. All this, and and the, the reality is is that God, right? It, this just reveals His incredible patience, right, yes. uh, and His graciousness to not judge every sin right away. Yeah. He, one day is coming for that. Yes, but. He he was waiting. Romans three says he was patient, right? He was longing, waiting for the Christ to come, for his uh, son, right, to be sent to save us, to offer this, uh, because one day he will, right, bring about judgment, uh, and, and that will be final, and that will be yeah. everything, mm-hmm. right? Even little things, and in the Old Testament, it shows these little times, right, where God, hey, the the sin arose, right, yes. with certain camps that rejected God. There is a line, uh, mm-hmm. that only God knows, right, where He comes and brings absolute complete judgment right mm-hmm. whether yeah. it be Sodom and Gomorrah or whether yeah. it be um, you know different uh, people groups that he called his people just to out of judgment yeah. let's clean this out right so um, man I think that's what we just have to always look into he is being patient he's a holy God he's withholding his justice mm-hmm. right for people right to have and and this is the whole story of Israel over and over mm-hmm. and over again right is come on lean into me walk in my ways but right? it's still our story today because it's still one our of the story. key points that you attach to Lesson one that I jotted down was there was no king in Israel. Everyone did as they wanted to do, as our everyone did whatever benefited them. And I mean, that's so much of our own culture that we're in. It's that cycle where we're looking for a king, but we don't have a king. And everybody is kind of like, you know, hey, you do you, you do you. And we've covered that, you know. But now we're looking at this is the root because we're not putting anything in lordship of our life. So then we sit on the throne and we do what is good for us, regardless of community and culture. Absolutely. Um, And... Yeah, I, I, you know, um, it, it, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. So at the end of Judges, everyone, there is no king. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes. And uh, uh, that's that's where we're at today, right? Yeah. We're, we're just floundering because we don't have a clear direction. So now here's the, here is where we're, and this is where this series is going to go. We have to wrestle with, we're in a, I think, and many are saying now, I think even prophetically, we're in a critical time. Yeah. Because in this great confusion where, where we've tried to this experiment of you do you, your truth is your truth, is we mm-hmm. know, obviously, all the way back to Judges, just look at history. It doesn't work, right? Yeah. Flat out. So we're in this very critical time where we're coming to, okay, um, we're either going to restore democracy, we're either going to restore this wonderful experiment that was America based upon, right, some mm-hmm. moral standards, or guess what? And it, we're going to move to totalitarianism. We'll quickly move to where bigger yeah. government, where it's just like every other nation, where the government takes over and people give more of their yeah. power, more of their say to the government well, to fix these problems. Because they're searching for a king. Because yeah, they're, they're searching, searching for, for a king. king. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for bringing it back to the right. root. You know. <laughs> and so yeah. And if you have to look up the word totalitarianism, that's okay. I do too. So let's jump in here because this is where we really wanted to like kind of spend some time lesson two lesson two just hit me you know when i think about like is jesus the king of my heart is jesus king lord of my life lesson two says 
Partial obedience is not obedience. Jesus is king of our heart when we listen and obey by faith. Now, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, I've got so much partial obedience in me, you know, and then so we had to sit at the table. And I was like, yo, bro, you might not want you might have to dismiss me from my job because I got like partial obedience, you know, but Steve broke it down for me. And help me understand because what I don't want is any of our listeners or any of our, you know, follow-up listeners from Sunday coming into the root issues. I want to be able to hit this one and flatten it out to where you have a clear understanding. When we talk about partial obedience, we're going to be not talking about what is your heart, but we're going to be talking about how is your life and your obedience seeking to follow your heart. Yeah, and, so and, and maybe, I out, sh- maybe we should have used just some and, – and again, this goes back to this is First Samuel 15, yeah. yes. right, where, where Samuel says – God gives clearly direction to Saul to go yes. and to wipe these people out because, again, as we said earlier, mm-hmm. their, whatever it was, the Malachites, their sin had risen to God. And instead of doing that, he kept the spoils for himself. And, oh, I'll just use this as a sacrifice to God and we'll yeah. keep some, you know, the treasures. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and that's where Samuel comes to him and says, has the Lord as great as delight, you know, is that to obey is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, the premise of that, right, is is that, yes, uh, partial obedience is not obedience. So mm-hmm. the similar thing would be as a father, we yes. tell our child, hey, please go take the trash and go mow the yard. Well, they took the trash, but <laughs> they come back to us and they say, hey, I took the trash. I obeyed you, but I got a little tired about mowing the yard. <laughs> so did they yeah. obey us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's totally. partial obedience. No, because we told them yeah. to take the, take the trash out. and, and mow, mow the, the yard. yard. So it, it's that's kind of the, the, the very yeah. simple way of looking at this. And so this gets down to the heart, right, mm-hmm. is, boy, am I listening to God or am I playing games with his commands? And we talk about the like the sex yeah. thing. That's a big one today. I, yeah. I haven't had sex with her, you know, type thing. But, oh, yeah, we've kind of gone as close as we could to that line, mm-hmm. right, type thing. That's playing games with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not obediently keeping purity What about God, if so. you're following, you're being obedient but with a bad attitude? Because I think sometimes that's so the that's camp the, I fall into. Well, I think we all do. We all, I mean, look, all of us. Like, these I'm raising are, these kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm raising I'm them. I'm doing yeah. it by the book, but yeah. I don't always do it with joy. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, look, we, we've all been in this camp. And this is why we have to hear the vo- our heart. Okay, God, do I want to obey you? And am, is my conscience free before God, knowing mm-hmm. that I'm obeying what he told me to do? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that It just comes back to the heart. And, and, and we can't hide and play games. I can on the outside, right? I can I can look good. Wow, look yeah. look what Steve's yeah. doing. But like you said, I can mm-hmm. have a really bad attitude or an attitude that says, "Oh, I want to puff myself up and look good." You know, it's all about the motive. He knows, and this is exactly what he's telling. And this is the problem with Saul compared yeah. to David. We'll look at this Sunday. Is is that Saul's heart was never fully God's? Yeah. he was always focused on the outward appearance, his yes. power, mm-hmm. his thing out here, his kingdom, and his heart was corrupted with God. And this is strong. I think a lot of the Christians I grew up with were more like a Saul. Yeah. Like it was really all about, you know, oh, we go to church every Sunday, check the box. You see us in the pew. But like if you really got to know them, walk alongside them at all in any sense, the way they run their business, the way they whatever, wasn't fulfilling of. Mm And I mean, and when we step there, we're not like, you and know. The, yeah, I was just going to say, so, and, and that's where we'll probably go this next week is it's Saul or David. 
right? Mm-hmm. Which which one should mm-hmm. we be modeling, right? Not yeah. just in our own personal lives, as yeah. Jesus, as God is King reigning, but the outward manifestation. Mm-hmm. Look what happens with the generations, the leadership, the things yeah. that we lead, yeah. how that goes, and just take that down into the church leadership, yeah. uh, and then out to the government itself. So does that bring us to point three, generational? Well, yeah, sort of. You know, I was just okay. going to say, like, you know, when we look at the people who are like, you know, you know, maybe doing what they see like okay like i go to church i'm doing this you know you know it's it's just an information download issue like you know like maybe that's as far as they got taught that's their generational history because we're going to challenge y'all today like what is your generational story of faith you know and i mean i grew up in a generational story of faith where we had faith for everything we went to church sunday morning sunday night and wednesday night so we were the righteous of the righteous because we were church of christ Mm -hmm. like we were there you know but but what is that generational faith like you know like maybe that's as far as somebody went Mm -hmm. and then they haven't been able to ever receive any more so we're not throwing shade down on those people we're Mm -hmm. just saying like listen it's like we've got to continue the story you know because bill johnson says it this way and it's the most poetic way and he probably stole it from somebody else and everybody else so but like i want my ceiling of faith and relationship with god to be my children's floor oh i want to fight battles in my faith and how i trust god and how i'm obedient to god to be the floor that I give to my children. Yeah. So they don't have to fight. And so when we think about it, Steve hit us with lesson three. It says, healthy people, churches, and nations are dependent upon the passing down of generational faith, where the next generation knows the voice and the heart of God and that Jesus is king of all. And so generations, like, we, we learn about our Ancestry.com. We learn about, like, oh, my grandmother came across, you know, my grandfather, you know. We know those stories. But how much are we knowing the story of faith mm-hmm. in our life? You know, how much are we, you know, passing on to our children? It's like, you know, well, we've always went to church. And my dad, we always prayed well, at dinner. we've looked at, yeah. like, transitions from Catholicism to, uh-huh. okay, then this Catholic married a Christian. Yes. So then they raised the kids Christian mm-hmm. and, you know, like... Yeah. You can see that sense of when it's been personal. Um, I think it's there's an interesting movement right now with pastors kids um wanting to rebuke like conservatism in their parents. Mm-hmm. So they're not going away from faith. I think they're just trying to figure out how to incorporate a more liberal view. Absolutely, yeah. Of politics yeah. into, you know, what they're they feel their parents might not understand to be more accepted maybe in the world or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the, obviously the PK tag has yeah. always been a, a huge issue, right? Um, and yeah, today again, mm-hmm. you have the clash of culture. You have a clash of, shall we say old school with this very progressive, you know, idea. And, but, but you know what? I, I think ultimately what I was trying to do at this point is bring, move all that aside. Yeah. What's the okay. bigger, the, what is going to resolve all that is yes. I, if, if, if I pass down to my children just a form of religion like Samuel or Eli and just put my children into positions of mm-hmm. marketplace or the church because I had the power to do that. In other words, I gave them generational wealth and yes. power and influence, but I did not pass down to them a heart for God, right? Mm-hmm. A heart like David. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. If I don't see that as a priority, and here's even more important, if my children don't see a genuine heart for God in yeah. me, then um, it's game over. 
it, yeah. it's tough it's tough moving forward so you're going to have any of these cultural clashes yeah, yeah. moving forward are going to be a thousand times worse because the very heart of things is yes. out of whack right? but i think what a gift that it's all out to the surface now because how sure. honestly did we talk about those differences until sure. it was right in our face of like you got to decide you know uh-huh. which way you're going to go so i think it's providing people with a better opportunity to hit this head on yeah you know this is how and why we see this way not just because yeah. we're you know yeah. And yeah, I, mean, I would yeah. just throw in real quick there. I, 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 as a parent, I think if I had to wield parenting, this generational family, down to mm-hmm. one thing, and I look back just over my time, even now, even as adult children, is, uh, you know, uh, the number one parenting thing for me is, do you have the heart of your child? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's going to be times, tough times, where you feel like it's it's a, the enemy is there and pulling those hearts apart. But the work of keeping the heart of your child so that there's a bridge, right, for channeling faith mm-hmm. primarily, mm-hmm. right, the love of God and the love of Jesus, uh, there's nothing more important than that. Mm-hmm. That requires, though, of me as a parent. Yes. Right, to live with Jesus as king, right? And Absolutely. Have hum- in my heart. And yeah. have humility. Yeah. And, I mean, and even when we, when we, when we talk about it, like in XGT, our middle school program my, with my leaders, like there's so many kids, like their parents don't know Christ, their parents don't go to church, but they come to our youth group, you know, and I'm like, you know, we may teach on this or that, but I'm like, you know, just let the kids know that you love them and that you love God and you have faith. Yeah. You know like if, you know because we may be that only faith example of people who are living oh, yeah, under the so lordship true. of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You know and it, it's the same for our Sunday school program. Yeah. Like as parents and oh you know grandparents come to serve and teach Sunday school. When I felt it in VBS I got yeah. real worked up like Sunday, you know like oh this is just overwhelming like yeah. how am I going to not just communicate like mm-hmm. all the things that I'm so excited about and love about knowing Christ and it was like just focus on the fact that he created each one of them yeah. and he loves them. Yeah. That's it. And, and I then, probably said that multiple times yeah. every day, but just, you and know, if they left with anything, that, it's yeah. like God made you for a reason. Yeah. He loves you. And then there's those seeds that start. And so that's kind of part of that. Like, you know, we're tilling that generational soil and then fertilizing and caring mm-hmm. for those seeds, you know, and so we try to do that. You know, I think that's kind of like the role of like, you know, our next generation team is like yeah. we're helping both the parents and the kids see like there is a generational connection to faith. Yeah, I think um, it starts, though, too, with helping people deal with their hurts. Oh, yeah. Like as adults, oh, yeah. then yes. moving forward, you know. No, absolutely. Breaking, yeah, certain Because things, hurts but. equate equal offense, and mm-hmm. then offense drives somebody away. Because, like, so many times, you know, people's testimonies will be like, well, I was raised, whatever, and then didn't go to church for a long time. Yeah. So and it's so like in their that, generational story, like, yeah. maybe there was some hurt for their parents. Where was the heart connection broken or yeah. lost or not mm-hmm. full, and so, fulfilled? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, healthy people, healthy churches are nations dependent on the passing down of generational faith and so luke talk about generational faith from your side of the family because like i know your father didn't have faith yeah but yet your mother gave him faith yeah i mean so just a quick backstory on that my mom came from switzerland Mm -hmm. switzerland um to work at his bakery here in aspen louis swiss and uh my dad was always busy right got money was kind of his god in a sense um, and she's like, well, I'll work for you for free on Sundays if you come to church with me in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was his introduction to church. And, yeah. you know, he grew up in a Catholic family, but it was one yes. of those families that was, you know, traditionally just tradition reasons. Mm-hmm. 
And so that was the, the spark, I think, that opened his eyes to faith. And me being kind of like, I guess, the first... Because I go back to Europe all the time, and the rest of my family's all yeah. atheist, essentially. Right? Yeah. Or they, they say they believe in God, but you know that you see their lives, and it's not necessarily fully lived out. Yeah. Um, and so there's almost a sort of... There's a, there's a joy, but there's also a sense of... Um, oh, a bit of a pressure or calling almost to be like, okay... It's your turn now. You've been given this beautiful foundation. Mm-hmm. Don't mess it up, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of this like, it's a, it's a calling of you've been given this blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let it go to waste, yeah. um, which is a beautiful thing. And I don't see it as a downside or anything at all. But it's just very, I, I film a lot of weddings, right? Yeah. And you go to a wedding and you can just, the biggest difference in weddings is not where it is or how much money was spent on the wedding. Mm-hmm. But if a family has a generation, <clears throat> like the people that, the father that's giving away their daughter or mm-hmm. their son, when you see that they have the same foundation mm-hmm. in faith. Yeah. And a wedding that has, doesn't have that. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's a different thing. Yeah. It's a different, a whole different concept almost. And mm-hmm. it's a great illustration. By yeah. That. I know uh, I'm like going to cry. <laughs> I'm so thinking of the ones that have been like a joy. I was, I was in South Africa and points to God. it was the most beautiful wedding I've ever been to because the testimony from like this couple and mm-hmm. like their dad recently died. And, but like oh. the whole, like, you know, just joy and sense of community and the sense of like a legacy they already have together. Yeah. It's like, Awesome. You see that, and you just want that, and like they sung <coughs> the song uh, "The Blessing," mm-hmm. yep. um in the ceremony, and it's just like it hits so hard when you can see it like actually yes. affecting the people, yeah, yeah, um, and and them living it out. And it's not just a song they're singing. So mm-hmm. I think that's my perspective, um, and I wish everyone had the foundation I have. But it's also a beautiful thing, like my dad that didn't yeah. have it. Now he does have it, right? Yeah. Now his ceiling mm-hmm. is my floor, mm-hmm. like you were saying, yeah. So. No, and I mean, uh, you know, as I look at that, like when I think about you and Jonah and then your your mom and dad, Renee and Sylvia, coming together and just Renee's abandonment of everything that he knew before to follow God and make God his king, to make Jesus his king, you know, it just carries over into y'all's story and legacy. And I would say, yes, you know, you're doing an incredible job of building off of that ceiling that he gave you as a foundation Mm -hmm. and the impact. And I mean, you just think about it like your mom's faith to say, I will work for you for free on Sundays if you come to church with me. Mm -hmm. You know, so she spoke to his currency, his king, money. (laughs) I got a free employee for a day. You want to do a show up at this building? (laughs) Well, bam, little did he know. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, and then his shifting to like, no, God is king. Jesus is king yeah. of my life to pass on to y'all. And then how many more people has your voice in your podcast? And then how many more people has Jonah impacted because mm-hmm. of that generational shift? And so one generation later, the multiplication is incredible. Yeah. So it's never too late to start. Yeah, it's great. So think about what is your generational story in faith? Amen. 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 (laughs) All right. Hey, we want to thank you for listening in to this Root Issues podcast, this midweek jolt. We hope it gets you thinking. And I mean, wow, we covered so much, but just find what speaks to you and then start drilling down. 
and find those roots. What is your generational faith story? What is your understanding of partial obedience to full obedience? How did your heart love God? Steve's going to take us more into that as we look at Saul and David. And then I just think of Jonathan's heart and how David fueled Jonathan's heart for God. Yeah, you know, and like how his faith... Mm didn't come from his father it came from this friendship you know and then just like who is king of our of our of our hearts and so thank you so much for tuning in if you need to reach out and touch us you can get us at root issues at ccasman.com thanks so much for jumping in and listening along i need to get below the surface people up there they get me nervous Deeper, 